When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast. What is up, lacrosse fans? You're watching episode number 172 of the Lax Factor Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about PLL's Sunday games. We're going to talk about the PLL All-Star game, lots of injuries and shifting of the rosters. And then we're going to talk about the PLL standings and seasons so far. Before I get into it, as always, be sure, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And if you're an audio listener... Be sure to share the crap out of this podcast with everybody. You can get this podcast anywhere. Uh, you can get audio podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all that stuff. But if you're a, a, an audio listener, you can also check out youtube.com forward slash laxfactor. And as always, you can go to laxfactor.com. Support us that way. Buy yourself a t-shirt. Easy way to support us. But all we really ask is like, subscribe, and share. So let's get into this. The first game on Sunday Chrome against the Water Dogs. Now, this is yet another game I picked wrong. I picked the Chrome in this one, and the game was tight after the first quarter. It was one up, but it went off the rails over the course of the second quarter as the Water Dogs put up six goals in that second quarter and took a 7-4 lead at the half. Now, that's really that's not quite going off the rails. It was really the third quarter that got ugly and went off the rails. The Dogs didn't give up a single goal over the course of the third quarter, but then buried five of their own en route to a 12-6 win in this game. Now, despite the lopsided score, once again, the goalkeeping in this league has been excellent. So even where a team gets beat by six goals, uh, the opposing team's keeper, in this case, it was John Galloway, was solid as usual. He puts up 57% uh, between the pipes for the Chrome, 16 saves on the day. In truth, the biggest problem for the Chrome in this game ended up being Connor Farrell going 9 of 21 at the faceoff stripe. He did manage a goal, so that helps negate a couple of those losses, but the Water Dogs ended up just being way too efficient offensively. The, the Chrome's defense, which is normally fairly stout, was the opposite of that, and the Water Dogs scored off. And, you know, 12 goals, it's not a, a metric shit ton, but at the periods where they went on the spurts and the periods where they kept the Chrome quiet as they were scoring those goals, it made it seem. I think a lot worse than it was. It felt like the Water Dogs were rolling pretty, pretty heavily. Uh, pretty good weekend for Jake Withers against Farrell. Uh, well, against Farrell and his other opponent. Withers on Friday night against the Cannons, he was seventy-seven percent from the stripe and the the Water Dogs win over the Cannons. And then he goes fifty-nine percent on Sunday against Farrell and the Chrome. What was Withers' stat line on Sunday? This reads ridiculous. This reads like something a courier would put up. One goal, 13 of 22 at the stripe, five ground balls, three caused turnovers. The dude absolutely just had a day. Uh, Eli Gobrek and Liam uh, Burns. <coughs> Excuse me. I got like a terrible something in my throat here. Eli Gobrek and Liam Burns, they forced nine turnovers and picked up 10 ground balls between the two of them. That didn't hurt the Water Dogs at all defensively. 
And then Dylan Ward, he was also solid in cage. Uh, and once again, just the goaltending every week in and week out, the goaltending has been great. He stopped nine shots versus just six goals against 60% save percentage. But the Water Dogs defense is the story here. They locked the chrome down, didn't give up a lot of looks, didn't give up a lot of good looks. They made Ward's job a little bit easier, albeit he still had some highlight reel saves offensively normally I talk about the offense first but the water dogs defense deserved uh, some props here offensively Mikey Schlosser three goals he even beat Tarafanko for one of those kind of just just attacking Tarafanko saying listen no matter what's going to happen I'm getting a shot off on this possession gets a shot off and it goes Connor Kelly two goals Kieran McArdle two goals the scoring was spread out for the water dogs total team effort on all ends of the field and that was kind of the theme that we saw uh for for both of the games uh, for both of the teams that won on Sunday. It was a total team effort, but Schlosser and Kelly both played well. They looked like uh, anchors on Sunday for the Water Dogs, for sure. Uh, every bit worthy of being all-stars, as I think they both were. Schlosser, I think, is going to play an Amens team here now. So that was a, it was a decent game. The 12-6 spread, it felt, it, it, while you watched it, it did feel like it was somewhat of a beatdown, even though it really wasn't. But, oh well, that, that shit happens here. The next game, game two, on Sunday, I'm going to fight through the frog in my throat on this one as well. Uh, cannons and the Archers. And yep, once again, I picked this one wrong as well. I need to just stop making picks, as I always say. I picked the Archers to beat the Cannons. Uh, Lyle Thompson, he hadn't been putting up big numbers. So instead of pointing that out week in and week out, as everybody else did, talking about how Lyle, I mean, I think there were some idiots that had even said Lyle the liability. They called Thompson a liability. Um but, you know, I've just been kind of being quiet, not wanting to chirp the, the, the goat or one of the goats here and uh, just waiting for this moment to, to come, knowing that at some point this moment was coming. And this is the game that everyone uh, uh, was hoping Lyle was going to have. And this is uh, this game also included the save of the year. In as well down towards the end, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Morocco had a ridiculous save on this one, but Thompson he put the cannons on his back Sunday. Five goals, four assists, a forty-two percent shooting with just two turnovers. That is a stupid efficient game, and that's coming with defenders draped all over him all game long. Leading up to this breakout game, the reason the boo birds and the chirpers and the haters were were having their having a, a heyday with him was he put up three points against the Woods. Four points against the Water Dogs and the Whips each, two points against the Atlas, one point against the Chaos, and zero points against the Water Dogs leading into this game. That's the point totals for all of his games. And now he has this breakout nine point game. Efficiency was off the charts. PLL is a different animal than the MLL uh, in that it seems that guys that carry the ball heavily end up having a slightly harder time getting that to work in the PLL. Right off the top of my head, one of those guys that comes to mind is Connor Fields. Connor Fields and Thompson both played for Albany, both played within that same system, and both of them were given a really long leash in terms of they kind of became the kings of the dodge, the re-dodge, the three-dodge. They'll bust out four dodges depending on the scenario. So they carried the ball heavily. And just dodge and re-dodge and re-dodge again over and over and over again, waiting for a double to come or just waiting to get their hands free and get shots off. They've always done that. That's been the style of play. Now, Fields, he struggled with that last year. It, it did not work within the, the the chaos system. It didn't work not just within their system, but the numbers didn't look good for Fields kind of trying to play that style. And it's not that he, he still doesn't do that. He had a really nice goal. Uh, I believe it was last weekend towards the end of a shot clock where he had to dodge and re-dodge. And there may even have been a half a three dodge thrown in there as well 
So they're, they're starting to figure it out. But with Fields, you've kind of seen an evolution here as he got benched last year for the chaos. And now he's trying to find kind of new new legs here with the archers. He, he's kind of coming off the bench, getting limited dodges, and he's just been much more efficient, sharing the ball, not holding the ball as often. We never were going to see that with Lyle. We were going to see Lyle make this work eventually. It was never going to happen where he was going to try to change the style of his play after all this time because while Connor Fields is one of the great attackmen, I believe, that's ever played the game, especially in terms of Dodgers, hard Dodgers, tough-nosed Dodgers, um, he's not Lyle Thompson. You know that, That's just a fact. So we figured Lyle was going to figure it out. It took him some time to have this game, but with a game like that comes confidence. So the way he played on Sunday, that's going to bring him a little bit more confidence. He's going to, you know, get, you know, give him a little hitch in his giddy up in a good way. And uh, a confident Thompson could be scary for the PLL here, moving, uh, moving to the other side of the all-star break here. Now, moving on from Thompson though, Steven Rafis can't say enough good things about this kid. Kid is in the race for the rookie of the year. Teton Erland, and Tarafanko and some other guys, they're all going to have something to say about it overall. But if he keeps this up, you know, and, and the others falter in any manner, he's right there and he has been consistent week in and week out as a finisher, now as a facilitator, uh, coming off the bench, running mid. The kid's been great. His stat line on Sunday, two goals off four shots, three assists, and just two turnovers. Insanely, insanely good out of the Syracuse rookie, or the rookie out of Syracuse, I guess I, guess I should say. Kevin Reisman, 16 to 28 from the faceoff stripe, 11 ground balls. That was also huge for the Cannons. Without that effort, hands down, they take an L. But that's where this kind of total team concept came into play here. Everybody for the Cannons sold out and, and sold out in a good way and, uh, and, and played really well in this game. Nick Morocco, an absolutely filthy, dirty save to end this game. I don't even have stats, and I didn't even keep track of who scored the 13th goal for the Cannons. I don't like to highlight game-winning goals when that game-winning goal is an eventual game-winning goal, and it was scored you know, to, to create a three- or four-goal spread earlier in the game. But what is worthy of noting is Nick Morocco's absolutely filthy, dirty save to end this game. 15 saves throughout the game. So it wasn't just a save at the end of the game that that, that allows us to say that Morocco deserves the player of the game for this one. Although, Thompson, you can make the argument as well. It's just the, the way and the dramatics of that save was ridiculous. 56% save percentage overall, though. So he played well the whole game. But, but robbing that doorstep ch- uh, shot, I can't even remember who had it. Amat just fed someone with a minute and a half left on the crease found a wide open man right on the crease may have been Schreiber can't remember off 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 hand here as I'm as I'm talking um but w- just a quick stick right into Morocco Morocco kind of saves it low perfect perfect positioning by Morocco and he was pretty pumped it was actually not as exciting to see it in the camera angle that I'm showing you here I didn't even see a highlight of it uh which I should have cut one up for you but I didn't but in the camera angle you see here it almost doesn't look like he even had to make the save you have to see the close-up to to see it but it was an incredible save once again, total team effort out of the cannons. They needed this win badly, and Lyle and company executed this week. I saw Rabel in one of the kind of in, in, in the middle of the game interviews after he put up a goal say something about how they needed to execute. May have even been a pregame interview last weekend, talk about how they just need to execute. They've been close. Their, their execution just hasn't been there. Their execution was there on, on Sunday, finally, all the way through. Aim at one goal, three helpers. He actually had a, a Filthy, dirty feed. I think it was to Manny, I believe, at one point in this game where he slings it from a cor- top corner down low 
it was like a quarterback reading a receiver, throwing the receiver open. Let's say he he when he let go of that pass, Will Manny was not there, and by the time Will Manny got there, it was right in the bread basket. Beautiful goal by Amen. He or feed by Amen. He just continues to show that uh, he's just next level in terms of his feeding capabilities. W- one goal off four shots. He would have liked to have one of those back at least. I'm sure. Uh, in the end, good game though. Thirteen twelve went right down to the wire. The the archers got right back into it. Got back within the goal, and we have that that end of the game save to win it for the cannon. So that was pretty crazy. We break. Next up, we talk the All Star game. And now, listen, I'm not going. I'm not going deep into the All Star game because at this point, I'm having a hard time even keeping track of who's playing, you know, and who who's uh, in the mix here within this All Star game. What I've seen here is there's lots of injuries. So it looks like Nick Morocco is going to hop in cage for Blaze Reardon. This is all per Tyler uh, Cunningham. So this is uh, at T, uh, at T Cunning, no, not Tyler Cunningham. Tyler Cunnington uh, at T Cunnington underscore Lax on Twitter. If you want to go peep him, uh, lots of injuries here. It appears Nick Morocco will hop in cage for Blaze. Michael Rexroad will replace Brody Merrill. Mark McNeil will replace Jake Bernhardt. Uh, Hennenberg or Heacock will likely take Lyle's place at attack and fill in uh, Earhart's spot. I believe I saw Romar Dennis was on there. I think he's going to take Rabel's spot. So we got a lot of shifting of the rosters here. All I know, Rabel Thompson, a bunch of other guys listed out. So I think that the adversaries are going to murk this game. The adversaries, a little bit healthier in terms of their original roster, but then their bench and their reserves were a little bit better, I think, overall. Amet, T, Courier, Schlosser. Uh, the last three guys I dropped, they're all reserves. Romar Dennis, an injury replacement for Rabel, I believe. Um, so, I mean, I, I picked the adversaries. I, I think offensively, they're they're the better the better team for this. And in an all-star game, uh, it's offense that pays the bills here. And then the fact that I picked the adversaries is probably bad news for the adversaries because that means that they're probably going to lose because I suck at making picks. And it seems the universe is against me in that way, but we'll see what happens. As we jump into the PLL standings through week five, the Redwoods are sitting in first at four and two, Water Dogs at four and three, Atlas at four and two, Whips at four and two, Archers at three and three, Chrome at two and four, Chaos at two and four, Cannons at two and five. That is the order of first to last. Redwoods are sitting in first. Uh, I Actually, I said they were four and two. The Redwoods might even be four and three. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, the Redwoods sitting in first due to all the tiebreakers and all that crap. But then you have the Water Dogs, Atlas, and Whips right below them. All of those teams have four wins. So we have four teams at the top with four wins. And then we have the Archers uh, with three wins, Chrome with two wins, Chaos with two, and the Cannons with two. Eight teams, huh? I didn't know we had eight teams. Oh, we added the cannons. That was the eighth team, must be. Uh, the water dugs, as we kind of look at trends, as we kind of rip through how the, how these teams are trending, and, and this is once again assuming I got this right, the water dogs seem to be winners of two straight, a 19-7 drubbing of the cannons and a 12-6 win over the chrome. Week five was really kind to the water dogs. The Atlas, they've won three in a row since losing to the Whip Snakes on June 25th. They beat the Cannons that following Sunday and then went 2-0 and over the last two weeks. And we've seen the teams that have only had to play one game over that two-week period, they've had a little bit of success as well. I think usually picking up at least win, one win in this case. Um, the Atlas won two of them in that, in that scenario. The Cannons beat the Water Dogs on June 6th, well over a month ago. And then after that win, they lost four in a row, capped by a 19-7 ass-whooping at the hands of the Water Dogs on Friday night. 
Things looked bad for the Cannons at that point. However, the win over the Archers on Sunday have totally saved their asses. The Redwoods, they're also winners of two in a row. They lost to the Chaos on June 26th, but they turned around and beat the Water Dogs the next weekend and the Whip Snakes this weekend. So everyone at this point, we've seen some good and we've seen some bad. We've even seen bad out of the Archers and the Whips. The Whips have been beat up and injured. Rambo hasn't been healthy. The Whips are shooting the ball like shit. All those things. The Chrome, they were having a rough go, but with wins over the Whips and the Archers, they proved that anyone can beat anyone in this league. Uh, the Chrome were 2-2 two and two at that point. They pick up. Oh, after picking up those, they were 0 2. They pick up those two huge wins over the two best teams in the league. Then they're 2 2, and now they've lost to the Atlas and the Water Dogs and back to sitting at 2 4 again. So this league is a little bit bipolar. Um, their blood flow or their blood levels or iron levels in their blood are they're a little bit anemic in terms of being consistent. But, you know, anybody can be anybody in this league. And that's been pretty incredible to see. And you never know who you're going to get, you know, for, for a team like the Chrome outside of Galloway is going to be solid and cage on that day. So that's pretty crazy, pretty, pretty crazy. And, uh, that's going to be it here. The net, because we have the all-star break this weekend, what I'll do here on uh, Sunday's episode is I'm going to put out a video talking about the PLL rookies. We'll talk about the all-star game and crap like that as well. Uh, depending. And and even if the All-Star game is on Sunday, which I haven't even looked to see what day that actually is, maybe I should at least do that for y'all here. Let's see here. We have the All-Star game is on Sunday, June 18th or July 18th. So everything is going down on Sunday. I will end up doing a Sunday video anyway. I'm going to do a Sunday video talking about the PLL rookies, and then we'll just recap the All-Star game on Wednesday as we have been doing here. So that'll be it. So Sunday morning video recapping PLL rookies. We'll talk about other, you know, cool storylines throughout. It's just going to be kind of a, hey, we're at the halfway mark. Here's what is happening with the PLL so far. But I really want to highlight the rookies because it's an exciting rookie class. But one thing I want to touch on is I want to go through their stats compared to their college stats. I want to talk about how they evolve as players once they get to this level where they don't have to carry all the time they don't have to necessarily carry their team's load and it's interesting to see how some of these guys evolve and become kind of role players versus most of these guys were all the men uh, on their college team so we'll talk about that a lot so that is it come back Sunday morning we'll have the the show out for that then we'll all watch the PLL all-star game on Sunday after my show and then we will uh, I'll do the recap for the all-star game on Sunday so that's all. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Go to laxfactor.com. Get yourself some swag. Support us that way. But as always, just subscribe, share, all that. That's all we really ask of anyone. So uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And Hoost is out. Mm -hmm.